Welcome to the Big Fat Gay Podcast, where we talk about the things that are weighing on our minds. My name is Michael. I'm a chaser, and today I am a satisfied soccer boy because I got to play soccer again last night. It's a constant struggle with injuries for me. <laughs> but every time I learn something new, which I can then prevent future injuries to that one specific thing, and then I get something else. That hurts, so, uh, Hi, my name's Don Marshall. I'm a big chubby guy living here in sunny Hollywood, and today I am a chocolate croissant kind of guy because it's a chocolate croissant Ooh. kind of morning. I'm, that's a good start. It is, it is. I'm Dan Oliverio, author, public speaker, and chubby chaser, and today... I am a contented lounge in the gray boy. We're having a little overcast here it's in Hollywood. So oh, it's so refreshing. And it's nice. it's nice because, you know, we don't get a lot of clouds and we get almost no rain. And I feel like no, very LA little reacts, cool weather. LA reacts with the same kind of joy to overcast weather that everywhere else in the world they react to a sunny day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you want what you can't have. I'm Trevor Keyson. I'm a super chub. And today I'm a, it's the uh, first day of October boy. Oh, is when today the first? Yes. Yep. Damn it, I have to pay my rent. <laughs> <laughs> I got my, my little candy corn earrings on. <gasps> Those are great. And mm. it's uh I'm just feeling I'm feeling pumpkins. Nice. I'm feeling spooky. spooky season. I'm feeling uh I had some makeshift uh I mean I guess it wasn't worms and dirt because <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have any worms in it, so it's kind of dirt. I had some chocolate pudding. With some, some uh, Oreo crumbles. Uh, Not just any Oreos. Halloween honey. Oreos. That's right. Ooh. Ooh. What makes them Halloween-y? Were there orange? Did you have the worms? I do have worms. I just didn't feel like Yeah. That's a lot. Them. That's a lot of effort. Well, speaking of spooky season, um, we about uh, ha- just a few days after this episode comes out, we are going to be doing a live Zoom spectacular for all listeners. Everybody's invited um, we're going to be talking about self-help tips. Um, not just us, though. Everybody's free to share. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to do sort of a roundtable discussion. If you have questions that you want answers to, maybe somebody else has an answer that shows up. So mm-hmm. yeah, um, should be great. It's join us twelve Pacific time uh, on Sunday the ninth. Yes, that's right, Michael. That's <laughs> that's when it'll be. <laughs> you did the math for your own time zone. <laughs> Yeah. I'm not uh, I'm not doing all that into those numbers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so we will be there. Uh we're gonna share the Zoom link, keep track of our yeah. social. We'll see. Well, we're we're sharing the registration link. There's a registration process? Yes. Yeah. I mean, oh. yeah, just because and then you get the zoom link. You just gotta Oh well that is fancy. Yeah, it'll be um it'll already be live when you're listening to this listener. Oh, cool. <laughs> Um, we are also going to be releasing another mini-sode on Patreon for all of our fabulous patrons. By the way, we broke 50 patrons, I believe, for the first time. Yeah. Um, so thank you guys so much for that. I I feel like we forget to actually thank people for supporting us on Patreon. We really, 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 really appreciate it. It's a great Yeah. Um, it's kind of astounding, honestly, because we certainly didn't start the podcast. What's the next mini-sode coming out? Can we tell? Uh, it's early October, I think. Early to mid-October. Sorry, what, 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 and what is it? And the subject is me, Don, and Trevor talking about, uh, body sizes and, uh, characters and role-playing games and playing across types. So me as a chaser playing a fatter role-playing character and what does that mean and how do people handle the bias and all that stuff. Mm -hmm. Um, really, really interesting discussion. And that's coming out soon in a week or two, um, and if you want to support us there, you can get access to that and all of our previous minisodes and content, behind-the-scenes videos, et cetera, et cetera. And honestly, what Michael's been doing with the cutting room floor has been great. It's hysterical. <laughs> it, it's very worth it. The, that is all the stuff only, that we are protecting you from on our mainstream And releases. only slightly embarrassing, wouldn't you say? The, <laughs> oh, yeah. The last one, so I, like, I listened to it so I could give a little one-sentence summary. I'm like... This is all me. <laughs> it is like, oops, all Trevor. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, all of our tangents, all of our, uh, I, I don't put everything in there. You're not going to have to listen through a bunch of like stuttering and bullshit. But mm-hmm. any tangent that is fun or funny that doesn't fit in the main episode, throw it in the cutting room floor, listen to it on Patreon. Feel free to support us there. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And now. And oh, that. and by the way, write us a mailbag. Like, yeah, we haven't, we haven't had a mailbag in a little while. We're getting our, sad over here. Nobody is... writes us. <laughs> <laughs> oh. A good mailbag to write us would be if you want to join the Zoom live Zoom episode, but you don't, if you're feeling too shy to speak up, yep. you can write us a mailbag and we'll share your question or your tip for you. All right. Well, now that we're 400 minutes into the episode, <laughs> <laughs> let's do the episode. That's uh, pop culture. Wow. Sir. Once again, we're thriving. We're living. We, we've got some good, good, good stuff going on. Yeah, it's, this a, good, is a, it's a good one. It's, it's an a, all, all candy. Yeah, cane we've, Oreo, we've done our responsible heavy episodes recently. Yeah, 
Hard to cover topics. We, we've earned ourselves. How about a some nice fun treat. stuff? Coming at you from Vulture um, <laughs> interview. It's actually a podcast episode, but it's condensed um, into a written interview. Yeah. Right. It's yeah. well. It, there's an excerpt, a very long excerpt, uh, with an uh, interview with Guy Branham, who is co-starring in co-starring sounds so TV. But anyway, he's playing yeah. a, a supporting role in Bros, which is the gay-centric romantic comedy coming out. This it just came. It, 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 it just out. came out. Oh, just what are you dropped. doing listening to a podcast? <laughs> <laughs> go watch Bros. Where, yeah, wherever you're driving, just go to the nearest theater. I in theaters, love this article so mm-hmm. much. I, yeah, I just, it talks pretty frankly about a lot. I of love stuff. it. It it's it talks about a lot of the stuff we talk about with Hollywood and Hollywood's biases. Mm. And I, of course, I love Gabe Branham. Um, I. Guy Branham. Pro- Guy Branham. What did I just say? Gay? Gay, Gay. Branham. <laughs> I think he would be fine with I that. I would be fine with that. Uh, Guy Branham. Um, he was nice enough to write me a blurb on my book. And nice. oh, we've, we've been acquaintances and more than acquaintances. Ooh. So. <laughs> Will you be a guest star on Bros? I don't think so. In his, because he, that's one of the things I talked about as a, as a fat gay man in the movie he is like living free and doesn't mm-hmm. is happy not being in a relationship and has lots of sex with lots of people. And like, that's in the movie apparently. And he addresses that in the article, which I think is brilliant. So in doing press for bros, Guy Branham has had the best outfits. Oh yes. Um, <laughs> oh, really? Yes. Yeah. Yes, yeah. Yes. So there's one here from uh, watch what happens live where he's in this, Polo Ooh. Paisley jumpsuit yeah. situation. Let's see. Let's, is that the one with the hairdress? No, no. There's a different. Oh, that one that I Trevor shared. That. That. And then, um, <laughs> so for the premiere, oh, stunning! His outfit, which is this a, is like oh wow, it's a like, floral <laughs> suit, but this, instead of pants, like slacks, like shorts, it's shorts, and like and then he has this flower headdress and pink ankle seriously boots. like chandelier yeah. headdress it is like laura sort of ashley like, exploded all over the pavement sort of like uh i don't know 70s housewife couture like mm. i know it is fabulous it is <laughs> too fabulous Must. it's like uh i don't know if guy branham starred in midsummer and won <laughs> yes and it's him at the end <laughs> yes being yes. like i don't know going like smiling <laughs> yeah the last gay standing <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, so his interview, I, I, I kind of wonder how far into the interview this was because it was a podcast episode that they took a segment from yeah. because he was by that point in the interview, he was so, he was like clearly on a roll yeah. because mm-hmm. he has all of these like incredibly eloquent, like soliloquies about how, you know, important it is for these things to happen and talking about all kinds of different issues in, in gay culture as well. Not yeah. just straight no, culture. He, he's pretty brilliant. Um, but talking about like how gay culture is frequently very, um, cis, white, traditionally handsome, yeah. hot, uh, and and that is its own kind of normative that excludes people like him, people of color. Yeah. And let's be completely honest: the reason why this is making headlines is because it's going to be the first gay rom com to make it into mainstream theater houses. Yeah, right? does that not count Fire Island? Fire Island did not go into main release. I see. Um, it made it did go into some theaters, but only enough so that it could be nominated. And Eichner and, and um, to, the, to some extent, Guy Branham talks yeah. about this in the article mm-hmm. where they're trying to walk this line of serving the gay yeah. community, mm-hmm. but you are a huge mainstream piece yeah. of art. And so you, it can't all just be gay jokes or inside jokes. Nope. Mm-hmm. And, and that walking that line between accessibility to the mainstream resenting that, mm-hmm. <laughs> but all, and yeah. then serving your community. Yeah. But I also think like, I personally, I think there's a conversation to be had right now that in most TV, if there is a gay couple that is not the main, the main storyline, it will be an interracial couple. Mm-hmm. And while that's fine, you know, and that's wonderful, great, you know, it's like we are not the dumping ground for your diversity casting either. You know, mm-hmm. like if, if, if you're casting that way because they're both good actors and they have great chemistry, fantastic. But if you're just doing it so you can get one more brown person into your otherwise white cast, that's not okay. It's just like the Berlanti verse. I always come back to as the example for how not to do gay characters. Cause mm-hmm. like, I remember for the first two seasons of uh, the flash, there was a gay police captain. And the reason oh, yeah. why you oh, knew, yeah. the reason why you knew there was a gay police captain is because at least once an episode, he He'd would pop it. his head into the scene <laughs> and say like, everything all right here. Great. I'm going to go back to my gay husband. And leave. Yeah. It was <laughs> kind of like that. Yeah. Although, you know what I got to say as, as mechanical <laughs> and obtrusive as that was, 
I liked it. It's a treat. It's, it's a like, treat. Ooh. It was a fucking treat. And it shouldn't be, but it was. <laughs> <laughs> so go see bros. Yes. Support Guy Branham. Um, check out his amazing outfits on Instagram at Guy Branham. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, and hell, buy his book and his comedy albums. Yeah. Someone actually, a listener actually asked us to, um, like, if we were going to see it and review it, which I would do that. I am yeah, dying I mean, to see it. Dan was like, I want to go see this movie in theaters, which I was what? like, I know. And I hate rom-coms. I despise rom-coms. Yeah. I almost fell in theaters too. And I hate theaters, but <laughs> well, you know, cinemas. Yeah. the um, way for Dan to enjoy this movie is to go see it in the loudest possible form. <laughs> Cause so during the pandemic, Dan and I, there was a couple points. There was like twice where we rented a movie theater because it was like so cheap. It really was. It's gotten more expensive. Oh yeah, but now I, it's back I'm, up to the. It's, yeah, yes. No, but I think it depends on the movie. Okay, it probably is back to like normal prices. But well, it, we if could, you guys want to rent a movie theater, I'll. I don't know, <laughs> Los Angeles <laughs> listeners, get in my DMs. Maybe we'll have like a big fat gay. That would be amazing. Bro, oh my uh, god! Screening. I know there's some. I could get a couple people to show up to that. Yeah. yeah, let's. All right, let's do it. Manifesting. Manifesting. It'll be the bro fat gay podcast. This maybe it'll even have happened by the time this episode comes out because next week would be. A good time because we're all going to be traveling. That's anyway, um, manifesting <laughs> and moving on. I mean, this. I feel like this. This next story is like something that was manifested. Yeah, that's um, true. Well, Lizzo manifested it. Yeah, she made it happen. So Lizzo got to play for the first time James Madison's Crystal Flute from 1813. Can you imagine Lizzo yeah. in the Library of Congress uh, checking out their their flute collection? If not, check out this article. <laughs> I, I can, I'm Times. just imagining Lizzo in a room full of flutes. <laughs> it's kind of like nodding and like hands on hips. Like this mm. is, there's nice flutes mm, and yes. I'm going to play all of them. Impeccable flutes. There's thousands. Isn't there like 1900 flutes or something like that? Well, I love, I love how this all happened. Yeah. Well, because it, the article talks about the bat, like how did this come to be? Yeah. And basically the curator just tweeted and uh, tagged Lizzo. Like you, know, you, sh- you should come and see our flutes. Dr. Hayden. Who, yeah. yeah. Uh, at Lizzo, would love for you to come see it and even play a couple when you're in yeah. D.C. next week like your song, They Are Good how as could, Hell. How could you not go? They're literally well, that's inviting what her said. for a private screening <laughs> of national treasures. Yeah, and that, so that's what Lizzo, yeah. so Lizzo goes down there yeah. and plays the flute, and then Lizzo says, I'm coming, Carla, and I'm playing that crystal flute. <laughs> <laughs> and Lizzo says, hey, by the way, would you mind if I played this at my concert? At my yeah. concert. And they're like, holy shit. Um, okay. And they were like, this feels like some Pelican brief shit. Like we had to like transport yeah, it security and like bring it on stage. And like Lizzo was so careful. And the, I love the description of like how she like brings it on stage and all of the fans, everybody's going crazy. And then she like plays a note, like very gingerly, like doesn't want to break mm-hmm. it, plays a note. And then like has the, like reacts is like, Oh my God, this is me. And then plays some more. Mm-hmm. And it's like, what did she say? She said something. Oh, she, yeah, about it being like playing a wine glass. Like she was like, she's yeah, trying to get the audience to have patience, and she's like, it's like trying to play, play a wine. It's glass. like like trying mm-hmm. to play a play a wine glass. Yeah, like to be so careful. But so what they said afterwards, which this is my favorite part of the article, is at the end, um, talking about how like Lizzo going through that collection and seeing everything and being so excited. Um, Ms. Ward Bamford said, uh, just the enthusiasm that Lizzo brought, seeing the flute collection, and how curious she was about it. It's been wonderful. And I can just like, cause that's how she is. She's just yeah. so effusive and so energetic. And I love that she's sort of making it cool to play the flute. Like you remember playing recorder in school oh, God. Yeah. and like yeah. how embarrassing that was. Trev, Trevor does. <laughs> I was so bad dude, at recorder. And so we would do this thing in class where it's like, <laughs> was anyone good at recording? People <laughs> like we'd be playing a song and our teacher would point and you'd have to pick up where the last person stopped. Oh, oh no. And I would always just like, completely derail it and be like, wait, wait, okay, hold on. Like, okay, hold on, hold on. Did you ever, see, I always had the problem of not even being able to play notes, just like blowing, like just blowing air, like it was like vaguely whistly. I sucked at recorder. This was not only just a super creative idea on the point of this curator, but like that curator took a risk releasing this flute to go out into a huge public place rock concert yeah yeah um and what a payoff and the internet Uh, lost its mind unshockingly yeah racist people came out of the woodwork like well this is very disrespectful i mean what if she'd been a mermaid playing that flute yeah (laughs) (laughs) james this is disrespectful to james madison and how dare she 
play this and twerk and like but it's a, it's so disrespectful trans- to all the slaves that James Madison had. <laughs> it's everything about wow. it. It was just like <laughs> Michael's people, throwing down. People were not even trying to hide their anti-fat bias, their racism. They're just like general garbage personness of just tweeting the most vile things. Mm. Like I said, it's not shocking just because people also just love to attack Lizzo in general whenever she does anything. Yeah. So, I mean, it's a thing though. I mean, if you can bring those people out into the light and out, have them out themselves, then you know what you're facing. Like it, it, mm-hmm. the, the longer those yeah. people like that get to just sort of hide and coast, the harder it is to, to get them. Or it's the people it's around like them to Lizzo them. is our racism hunting dog running into the bush and <laughs> chasing out those racist quail she, for I us think to snipe down. More, well, yeah, I guess that's true. I was thinking canary in the coal mine, but that's probably a darker analogy. <laughs> <laughs> I like my version. She lives in my version. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> the You know, Madison had a Virginia plantation who uh, that was built by enslaved black workers, and this is the first so lizzo you know playing the flute and then also carla hayden is the first african-american and first woman to lead the library of congress Mm. so that this is like even more significant because it is these two black women coming together to give this flute a moment that is just so much more significant because of the history (laughs) because of just or in in lizzo's own words Uh, As she said on stage to her audience, thank you to the Library of Congress for preserving our history and making history freaking cool. History is freaking cool, you guys. Yeah. (laughs) Um, And on that note, you know what else is freaking cool? Eagles. (laughs) Fat Watch. The cool, cool breeze (laughs) of Fat Watch. I wish we could make like air come out of the speakers. <laughs> I think when that's actually how sound works, Trevor. <laughs> no, but like a cool breeze. A cool breeze of change. Would it be a scented breeze? Of power. Of course. Yeah, of uh, the orange. It's orange growth. It's orange growth. Pine. The orange growth. I want pine. Anyway. We, <laughs> it depends who you're the, sitting under. The smell of change. <laughs> which um, is orange grows. <laughs> um, <laughs> so on self... Self.com. Self Magazine, yeah. Self Magazine. Uh, Christine Byrne has written an article, sort of an aggregation of interviews and articles called Diet Culture Isn't Just About Smoothies and Food Tracking Apps. I love this because, mm-hmm. again, people think diet culture must be just about people who diet. Yep. And it's not. It's, it's, it's what we're steeped in. It's, it is, just because you're the teabag doesn't mean you're not in the tea. <laughs> <laughs> You know, we don't talk enough about that. About that's, tea that's very well put, Dan. That's very well put. Yeah, it's 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 just we're literally, you know, you're soaking in it. And yeah. just how pervasive it is because it's not just oh whether or not someone's on a diet. Mm-hmm. It's also the idea that you should be on a diet mm-hmm. or what foods you should be eating or the good food bad food or the, you know, oh I'm being, you know, I'm ha- I'm having this cheat day or oh I really shouldn't. It was so naughty of me to have that brownie. Yeah. It's everywhere. Well, and it's mm-hmm. not just the people that are, you know, considering the food. It's the people casting eyes at those people when they're considering the food. It's the people putting and, pressure mm-hmm. on other people. Well, and and people put it on themselves. People yeah. put it on themselves. Absolutely, but I, I just yeah. wanted I no, just you're want right, to point you're out right. it's not just the victims, it's the victimizers. No, I mean I mean, I've heard so many stories from fat guys who talk about, you know, they're they're like at a buffet or something. And if they put fried chicken on their plate, they get stares. And if they put salad on their plate, they still get stares because yeah. the people are thinking, what, you know they're going home and eating fried chicken. Yeah. And this is what the article explains so well, which is exactly what diet culture is and what it means and what it's sort of a euphemism for. And then it breaks it down into sections where it's like, here's what it is. Here's how it affects everybody yeah. um, according to these experts and studies. And then here's what you can do about it. Ultimately, it's not going away. But, you know, there are still things you can do to make your own environment better. Um, and this article is a fantastic way. And and, and there's also the comparison to, uh, like, wellness. Yes. Wellness culture, which is very similar to diet culture. Well, but it's wellness kind of the iteration just, of it. It's just rebranded, yeah. It's, yeah. it's kind mm-hmm. of the, like, slight, it's like, the more privileged, richer mm-hmm. version of diet culture. If you can uh, afford, that's who- actually a very good way of putting it. Yeah. 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 Well, see, if you if that's you star- if it. you starve yourself, it's a diet. But if you only allow yourself to eat mung beans and blueberries, it's wellness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, and I what I really appreciated about this is that it also addresses directly 
the roots in uh, racism that mm-hmm. yeah. uh, current day anti-fat bias and diet culture have. Um, and the idea that, you know, your goodness as a person, your, your, um, your righteousness as a person comes yeah. from how you take care of your body and that you have the responsibility to be healthy, which mm-hmm. means being thin, which means all of the marginalized people who don't have the resources to do the things you say they should do are therefore, you know, bad. Yeah. I, I love Morally this, lacking. I love this particular quote to that point where the article uh, cites a study that says that only 34% of what we do has an effect on our health. Like, yeah. you know, you mm-hmm. could stop smoking, you could do this. Like, that counts for 34% of health come. The things that you have control over. Yeah, right? of the things you can actually control. Like, you're, what about the other two-thirds? And mm-hmm. 50% of that, like, there's other things that make up the other two-thirds, but 50% is actually just do you have access? Do you have a car? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, what do you do? Do you have a car? Uh, do you, can you, you know, what are your stressors in life? Mm-hmm. Do you worry about the month, the rent every month? Mm-hmm. You know, because that is a huge toll on the tail because the number one correlation, the number one correlation for health is healthcare and money mm-hmm. and race, you know? Yeah. I think that's one of the things that makes the discussion of wellness in this article so mind boggling and just like in general wellness culture is so bizarre because so much of it is like recycled forms of torture (laughs) and like right so right now there's a big wellness trend that i'm seeing it here i'm curious like what it's like in like new york and like other cities if this is a thing but so um soaking in freezing cold water full of ice as like this can treat um well your Tourette syndrome. Yeah, <laughs> no, you gotta be clear on what it's for. I mean, athletes do that to recover after a workout or after a game because they are athletes and they put their bodies through hell and it is therefore great for reducing inflammation, which yes. reduces injury. But you could see, But you can't say that it cures No, but you know, my, think about think of the time saver just putting your body through hell without the workout. <laughs> and this, exactly. Just cut straight to the chase. This was something that they would do to people in asylums. No, my family doctor growing up was a naturopath. And uh, when I and I had lots of high fevers when I was a kid. It was on multiple occasions. My parents took my 104 degree body and plunged me into an ice bath. Oh, and that shit. I, I wasn't old enough to understand what was going on. I thought I was being punished for something. It was agonizing because they didn't believe in aspirin or they, that's my mother believed whatever the authority told her and the authority was telling her, this is what you should do in this emergency. Yeah. Well, (laughs) you know, no, that uh, is not what ice baths are for. Agony. Do not do this to yourself do or not. to anyone else. Yeah. yeah. Um, but I check out the article. I think this is again one of those very good things, things you can send to like yes. your aunt who's problematic to your friends. Like just like, oh, send it to your mind. Like, oh, check this out. It was really interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it really gets into the history and why do people believe this? Mm-hmm. Where did it come from? And it's it's genius. Okay. Yay. Well. It's time. Is it? It's time. I knew it. For the Chaser episode. Yay! <laughs> Down and Trevor, your excuse. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I love talking about us. Hang up my headphones. <laughs> Bye, everybody. Bye. It's been a really long time since we've done a Chaser spotlight, so this feels appropriate. <laughs> no, I was just laughing because we the, the, the topic as we have it written down is Chaser competition. And yeah. so I was <laughs> in my head, I was like, all right, Dan, what, <laughs> what are we going to have to do? do <laughs> Push up competition. <laughs> go, go, go. Okay. Well, so we're going to be putting their wrestling match yeah. on Patreon. Oh, God. Uh, <laughs> no, it's there. There is this thing. And, and I was surprised to encounter it you know, 20 years ago. And it's, I think it's still going strong. There is this thing I sense with chasers, with other chasers. And I've certainly felt it where you're like, oh, I have to look good enough to get that chub. Uh, how do I stack up against that chaser? I've had chubs tell me indirectly oh so-and-so you know so-and-so doesn't want to meet you because he's intimidated and it like there's this whole i don't know hierarchy echelon competition that is really harmful yeah uh, it's definitely something that comes up when you i mean this is why like when you socialize within your sort of community and a community that is based i think initially at least or primarily on uh, sexual attraction, like chubs and chasers, that's kind of where it starts. And then you can 
build friendships from there. I, I think there is, I, I think there is a correlate to this. I think there is a chub competition and there's certainly a gainer competition, but it's not as, I don't think it's as frosty. I don't think it's mm. as, uh, <laughs> yeah, I've never felt like antipathy towards another chubby guy because of who they're getting with or who's hitting on them. I, I, I've heard of it. I've heard of it. Trevor, do you want to speak to I mean, to I it? think it is a thing to an extent, but I think it's very different from the chasers. Thing. The chaser. I thing. agree. I agree. And I think it's because like, you know, when we were talking about this idea as um, a topic, like talking about how chasers don't get to socialize mm-hmm. and just like how it's, but I, I feel I think, like it should be more of a thing. But I think that's I think I think that's cause and effect reverse. I don't think it's that we don't get to socialize and so we harbor these resentments. I think it's we harbor these resentments so we and therefore we don't socialize. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because there's nothing stopping us from socializing. There's nothing stopping us from talking to each other online, mm-hmm. but we don't. Mm-hmm. And it's it's partly part of the, well, what would I talk about? I'm not into him, which is what Michael's referring to. Yeah. Like if I want to fuck him, why would I talk to him? <laughs> <laughs> which is a very, which is a very gay male thing. Uh-huh. Um, I, I remember one the very first chub chaser event I went to <laughs> way back. And you know, when the dinosaurs had just become extinct. Oh, and I remember being completely intimidated by this shockingly good looking chaser. And I was having all my body issues and looking at him and he, was gorgeous and i i remember like there's the chub there's the mr chub and mr chaser contest Mm -hmm. and i remember like oh i am not entering the mr chaser contest absolutely not because Mm -hmm. what if he does and then i'll be humiliated and (laughs) (laughs) like i had such a thing in my head about it Mm -hmm. uh and you know that was day one (laughs) 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 i hope you think it's gotten better than that now but it was very much, and I think part of the pressure comes, you know, we, we talked about this at the live event where a lot of times chaser, you know, chasers are like, well, you know, it's easy for you. You're fat and everybody likes that. That's easy. But, you know, chasers, we're supposed to look like something. Yeah. We're supposed mm-hmm. to look, we're supposed to be thin. We're supposed to be the skater dude. We're supposed to be the bodybuilder. We're supposed to be something that's traditionally attractive. Yeah. I, I found that I don't, I, I definitely experienced the feeling of sort of, I guess, jealousy or competition, but it's only for, for other chasers that feel like they're in the same class as me. Mm-hmm. Like, like if you have different like classes, yeah, like yeah, RPG yeah. classes. Yeah. Yeah. No, so totally, like, yeah. yeah. No, I totally get that. Yeah. So like Dan's like the older bodybuilder chaser. Well, I'm not, you're not going to get in that so category. Like, there's yeah. just no, the guy who's interested in you is by default, not interested. Exactly in right. And mm-hmm. I learned that a lot from Chubbs is like, and I tried to pass this on to chasers, but a lot of times they can't hear it because the voices in their head are too loud. But you know, <laughs> what? <laughs> you just fake out. <laughs> but no, it's it's like we're not we're none of us in competition because number one, I have absolutely pr- no problem being someone's sloppy seconds. <laughs> like <laughs> if a job gets you know if a job gets with Michael and then he wants to get with me afterwards, I got no problem with that. You know, as long as, <laughs> as, long as I got a ticket to ride, I'm good. <laughs> And the, the idea that I'm somehow losing if they're interested in someone else, if they're interested in someone else and they're not interested in you, they aren't interested in you. That's the bottom line of that. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not, it's not that somebody took your spot. Yeah. I think that the trouble is that a lot of people have self-worth wrapped up in interest. Absolutely. And you know, when you, when you have such a small pool of dating experience Mm -hmm. or hookup experience, uh, it's, it's hard to. I think it takes time. It just takes time in, you know, immersed in the community before you start to develop that kind of response to things. I'm, I'm sure there's like a heavy dose of lizard brain competition too, of just, you know, uh, just, yeah, yes. Yeah. Just, <laughs> Amer- just human genes of like, you know, hot people are a hoardable resource. I should hoard all of them the way I do my food. I, I you know? <laughs> The overlap I see between chubs and chasers. I'd like to speak up and say that that's, I don't think I've experienced that before. <laughs> no, but it's and a, if you it, chaser out there are also squinting and trying to figure out if that's you, it's okay. I'm not saying it's a conscious thing. I'm saying that's, that's just the primitive brain, the lizard brain. <laughs> You know? Jack, our generation calls it Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> I, I've the plural of Pokemon is Pokemon. Sorry, keep going. <laughs> the overlap I've seen between Chubs and Chasers that is consistent is that both Chubs and Chasers will maybe envy or like, gosh, I wish I had that guy's confidence. Oh yeah, I wish I had that guy's butt. But with Chasers, <laughs> it it goes to another level 
because there there is Dom, there is that there is a territoriality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chubbs can get that too. Like he's my man. I do hear that sometimes from Chubbs, but with Chasers, it's a little more like, oh, if you're going for that, I'm not going to go for that because if you win, then I can't have it. Like it like as if it's as if it's not up to the Chubb anyway. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. you're more right than you know. <laughs> there is this sort of. Wolves and sheep thing. Why am I suddenly picturing you and Michael in little Viking hats? Like, no, it's yeah. wolf, it, no, and it's 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 awful. It's awful, and it's the opposite of consent, and it's the and it is the definition of toxic masculinity, mm. and it is very common. Mm. So I have a question for Michael about going back to the whole like competition thing, but within your type. Mm-hmm. So like, what is that for you? Because like, I kind of have that a little, but it's more like when a guy is into a type that I'm not, I'm like, I don't care at all. Cause it's like, Oh, whatever. Like, and that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Yeah. But when it seems like he's going mm. for like a type that I am, mm-hmm. but not me. And it's like, well then like, why not me? Like it's, yeah. it yeah. seems like yeah. I, I have addressed so, this so many times with Chubbs. Yeah. And it's just like, so like trying not to be in my head about it, but like then kind of like obsessing, like yeah. what is, so what is that like on the chaser side for like, I, the funny part about that, I, I, I don't, have a whole lot of experience with like community interactions with multiple different people in the same place. Mm-hmm. Like that's a relatively recent thing for me. What I've experienced is it's, it's more of a sense of like there, the chub is into both of us and I know that they're into both of us. And so it's, it, then it kind of turns into this, like, well, which, you know, which one is better? Like which one's more preferable? Mm. Like, Why is, choose? Is that, is that the, well, I mean, that, that's my point of view. Why choose? Like I said, I'll, I'll go second. I have no problem. I think it, yeah, it wasn't even so much about like, I want to be picked. It was just, it, it to me, it, it highlighted what I perceived as my own flaws. Mm. So like when you're standing mm. yourself up next to somebody, I wasn't actually trying to go get the chub that wanted both of us. I was just observing like, oh, they're into both of us and I'm clearly the inferior specimen. Oh, ask, oh, oh, you're the B team. Yeah. Let yep. me ask you this. Have you ever found yourself comparing yourself to other people that way when there wasn't a uh, a set someone you're sexually interested in in the equation? Oh, yeah. Only constantly. You have. Only constantly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> only constantly. Yeah, Dan. <laughs> That's the name of the episode. <laughs> only constantly. No, I, I, I have had, because a lot of times, you know, in, in my position giving seminars and stuff like that, and I actually bring this up in the book, where exactly that, Trevor, where someone will say, why aren't they into me? They're into they're they're into all the other guys like me. Why aren't they into me? And the short answer is if you think you're their type and they're into other people who are your type and they're not into you, it's actually that you don't know what their type is. Hmm. <laughs> there could be a personal thing like they're intimidated by you or whatever, or maybe you sneezed on something and they were grossed out. That's possible. But oh no, less no likely, that's it. But less likely. <laughs> Trevor, you sneeze all the time. <laughs> <laughs> that's less likely. It's probably that you actually don't know what their type is. Cause I've encountered this over and over again, where uh, uh, usually because the guys who come to me are usually chubs about this, mm. uh, occasionally chasers. Well, they'll say like, look, look, look at all their favorites online. Look who they favorited. Like that's me. I'm like, no, you're missing the overriding point. But I don't know, there's times where it's like, it's literally like a team of like, they could be stunt doubles for either <laughs> you know, me or the other person where it's just like. I So the, what, what I'm observing, because when Don, you asked your question, my brain went to when I lived with, I mentioned them last episode, the two uh, actor roommates that I had mm. when I first moved to LA, both of whom were ostensibly were straight dating girls at the time. So there was no overlap in interest whatsoever but definitely still felt that degree of comparison and competition. And and to me, Mm -hmm. I I think the problem is when you, I think the problem is when you associate yourself with a category. And if you don't, if you aren't looking at yourself as a unique specimen and you start putting yourself into a category of other people and you start comparing all of them. Yeah. That that's categories are great. Labels are great, but not if you misuse them like that. Yeah. Mm. And that is, that is, (laughs) I would say the primary way that I, fall into that that pit of 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 comparison um yeah it's not so like i think you know honing in on what makes you feel like you like what makes you actually feel like the unique original version of you like as far as how you carry yourself what your interests are how you dress yourself how you look all that stuff and then if you see somebody else who looks or acts just like you 
that's just them. Like you, you don't have to line yourself up next to them. I, I do have to say I have a slightly different experience of this because uh, I have the additional issue of race being thrown in. Mm. Mm, very true. Where I will say, I can't tell you how often, like I'll be, you know, this happens a lot online. I'll look at their profile pic, right? I'll look at the description of things they like. And I'm like, I am every one of those things, mm. right? And then I will never hear back from them. But if I look at their their listing, it's like, oh, I get it. Everyone on this list looks like me, but they're white mm. or oh. maybe they're black, like one or two black people, you know, but I, I definitely feel like everything you're saying is absolutely true, but there's often one factor that may set you apart from everyone and, else and that you then begin to wonder, is this the one thing that's stopping me from, mm -hmm. from making those? Well, connections? You, you know, two things you know? about that is yes. That's what I mean by like, if you think you're, you're their type and you're not getting picked, maybe it's cause you're actually not their type. Yeah. And I'm not speaking to whether that's a valid typing or whatever, but I just want to recall what Dexter was talking about because he certainly experienced that and talked about it. Mm -hmm. And to quote Dexter, he's like, you know, you, you're, you're like, so sorry for you. I'm moving on. Yeah. That's, I mean, that's all you can do. That's all. Well, but it's also, yeah. it's also about taking your power back and not being at the effect of mm -hmm. their approval. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But I, I just have to throw in there like, yes, that is absolutely I true. The yes, endurance yes. it takes to do that throughout your lifetime can be draining. Yeah. You know, but you are absolutely correct. And, the, and there's lots of factors yeah. like that. You know, there's, there's, you know, what's called the pretty privilege mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and there, and race enters into it and a bunch of other things. Masculinity enters into it. Oh, there's, there's I lots mean, of individual effect. I know someone who went through the same thing with hair. Absolutely. You know, just with hair. Mm. You know? I know. I, I think episodes like this are important because it does seem silly to be like, well, let's talk about how thin people are affected by these issues. But it is important because there is not space for chasers to really have these conversations or explore these feelings often. Mm -hmm. And well, that is why uh, I think it's important to create spaces for them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And we appreciate it. Yeah. <laughs> yes, we do. Um, I don't know. I just want to, like, I was, uh, something else we talked about when we were doing this episode was like, how you know getting chasers to meet and interact has got to be you got to do it like shelter dogs yeah you got to have them meet on the other like they're on opposite sides of the door first uh -huh. and then you open the door and you <laughs> so can never just, let go of that leash they can just never smell let each go other. of that leash and, and then, then give them treats at the same time. In the same room. Well, yeah. I, my experience is they're not going to fight. They're just going to go to opposite sides of the room and sulk or something. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's so like a, I'm imagining like a big like a a big puppy party. But it's chasers. Just put all the chubs in the center of the room so that they have to go yeah. to the center. <laughs> like the I, chubs are the treats. It's a big Oh, big you're chaser. so going to get in trouble for that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I big, mean, anybody who just tunes into this episode and hears that will think I'm a trash person. Anyone yeah. who actually listens to the show Very true. will understand exactly Very what true. I'm um, No, a big, a big chaser party. It'd be fun. <laughs> Well, if you want to join our, our big chaser <laughs> I'm party. I'm having a little dreamy look in Trevor's eyes right now. I'm just imagining a chaser underwear party where no one shows up. I mean, I, I well, there's an opportunity for this. I mean, it's not in person, but our Zoom episode coming, or not episode, our Zoom get together coming up. I, I want to see some chasers there. Yeah. yeah. Show up for us. We know you, we know you exist because we saw you at the live episode. And, so you can't hide. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I think one of the hallmarks of our show is that we do have such a chaser audience, which I didn't even fully realize until we did bigger Vegas. Well, um, and, and the mailbags awesome. and, and mm -hmm. things like, because traditionally and I know this from, you know, my own seminars, the people who show up are generally the chubs who are scratching their heads going, what the fuck is up with these chasers? <laughs> <laughs> and if there is a chaser in the room, you know, it's because he came on the arm of some chub he's trying to bed. Mm -hmm. uh, well, but, I hope he wiped it up afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my dear Jesus uh, Christ. What? <laughs> that was, yes, that was good. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I, I just, here is a kudo. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's like a Scooby snack. <laughs> and I just love that. There is, there is a chaser synergy that would benefit everyone. Hmm. Uh, not just the chasers, but the chubs and, you know, by extension the world and the, you know, and yourself detoxifying the community. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Speaking I don't, of I'm, detoxing <laughs> yeah. and, and health and wellness, let well, so I don't know. Chasers, chaser ice bath, yeah. Oh god, <laughs> chaser ice bath challenge. So, I could I could keep yeah. them warm. It's fine. Our I don't know. Our tip. Chasers come to our self care and share October mm -hmm. 9th. 
12 p.m. Pacific time. If nothing else to learn from the chubs, what works, what doesn't. Yeah, like yeah. the next time you're hanging out with a chub or maybe you're dating somebody, like if you walk in with some of these answers and they don't even know that you know, you're going to wow them. Oh my God. You're going to blow be, their fucking That mind. would be so hot. <laughs> I can't even tell you how hot that would be. <laughs> oh, knowledge is sexy, boys. <laughs> knowledge is damn sexy. I'm just thinking of like going, like what would that be like to go into like a Chase's apartment? <laughs> like it's like they have a bidet, they have big towels. Yep. Mm -hmm. They have their chairs are comfy and yeah. sturdy and wonderful. And not the couch a, not is a, on a lift. Not an armchair in sight. <laughs> and they have a and they have a large assortment of both unguents and powders. Oh. Yeah. I hate oh. that word. Unguents. I, I love hate that, word. that word. I love that word. You know why, Don? Because it's so moist. Ew. Why? Yeah. <laughs> why? Don, that's what you have to put on your arm after the chase. Get out. <laughs> Get out of your apartment right now. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, we have we a have bit. this week a very special bit. We do, but do we have a tip? I thought we had to uh, show up to the line. We just wandered the through zoom. the tent. Yeah, we just okay. was come to the Zoom episode. Well, this week, uh, we are going to talk about the ultimate quest. Each of us is looking for something. I'm so excited for and this. And what is it that each of you is looking for in life? That have you? What have you spent time and energy looking for that you have not yet found? And dear listener, if you have any tips for us on where we can find these things, please let us I, know. I think, is, is, it, is this meant to be food related, I believe, or no? Um, I, I was keeping mine food related, but I yeah. wasn't sure. If I, I think all, okay. all mm -hmm. food we're all related, looking for yeah. food. Yeah. And I will be honest. I, I narrowed mine down to a savory and a sweet. Oh, my. I did too. So, oh, yeah. Not me. Mine are both savory. <laughs> okay. No, but you've got two. I've got two. I have two. <gasps> okay. I'm very excited. All right. Uh, shall we go around once and then uh, once again? Sure. sure. Okay. All right. Who okay. are we starting with? Who's going first? I think Michael. All right. So I'm going to start with the savory. Okay. Um, and then we'll come back to dessert. So. Um, both of these are related. So when I was a kid, uh, my dad, who was a classically trained, uh, French classically trained chef, uh, opened a restaurant. And at this restaurant, he had, that I tried, I would think I was six, seven, eight, nine years old, like that age range, um, a, a beef tenderloin steak that he served with a, a mushroom red wine reduction. And it was it, it, when we talked about food memories on the episode mm. with with Trevor on the last two mini sets I've done with Trevor. Um, I, I found it very hard to just recall things just off the top mm -hmm. of my head. And these two things, when, once I settled on it, once I hit upon, it, I was like, okay, this I have locked in my brain, mm. and I know this because I tried to replicate this. Now that I've gotten into cooking, um, when we actually Michael and I house sat for you two. Mm -hmm. um, I made a, a beef tenderloin with a red wine reduction and it was very good, but it wasn't the same. Hmm. And I, I, I know that it wasn't the same because I, I have that in my memory somewhere. Like it's there, it's waiting to be resurrected and I can't, find it I so it's get one it. specific one it's one specific dish you had one it's, specific and time? i'm sure you've asked about i've had like, it several times i had oh, a okay. bunch of times and i'm sure you've asked like is there was there a secret ingredient you should have had or uh yeah there's some method or some truffles sea salt. yeah or <laughs> like maybe even just the way it was served like maybe the sauce was was served on the side and it wasn't over top of it to remove the sear i don't know like the degree of sear the amount of salt like something yeah. about it wasn't balanced right it was like it was good it was very good but it wasn't the same and I wish, like, I want that back. I don't know how to get it, but I, I wish I could get it back. Wow, that's rough. Yeah. Well, <laughs> just wait till the second one. The second one's worse. Oh, wow. We're going to cry? Yeah. No, the second one is way worse. It's tragic. Oh. Uh, well, the thing that I have been questing for in Los Angeles is something that is common as dirt back where I come from in New England. Mm. Chowder? Um, no, fried whole belly clams oh yeah oh. you won't find that here in los angeles you can find fried clam strips yeah and actually you can find fried oysters like all over the place out here yes which is similar but they're not the same thing if you if you haven't come from new england and you don't know what i'm talking about um clam strips are what they serve in most diners across the united states it's like a small piece of something chewy and breading yeah but in boston and in, you know most coastal areas new england they sell these whole belly clams where it's the entirety of the clam including this sort of there's no way to make it sound appetizing the gushy yeah tummy bit in the middle of yeah, the clam yeah. that when you fry it gets sort of firm and there's an 
earthy seafood flavor to it. I was going to say, this is not for the for the faint of heart. This is no calamari strip. No. This is fishy. No, it is fishy. Yeah. Um, and there's there's probably a reason why you don't get it outside of New England. Uh, and maybe areas, so. Maybe but, so. <laughs> <laughs> but damn, uh, you cannot find it in Los Angeles. I have been trying for a long I, time. I think, and... I think oyster is a better sell out here because yeah. it's, well, it's an oyster. It's an oyster. It has oyster. the mystique. It has mystique. And, you know, and there are oyster bars. Like, although there's we a have, whole industry exactly. We have oysters. mutant oysters out here that I never saw on the East Coast. Well, they're I, different oysters. I bought a jar of oysters. I think that might have been tri- your mistake right now. No, there. they were like pickle. <laughs> it was like a real thing from Whole Foods. Okay. And I pulled one out and realized this entire jar that was like six ounces worth of oysters, there were two oysters in there. Oh. They were the biggest god. Oh, you could Jesus. make a burger out of these oysters. <laughs> Holy crap. It was Ugh. insane. I've never seen it. You couldn't put one in your mouth. You'd I think to, like, I think that Trevor's, may be. It's like imagine like, sure. I'm like prying out an oyster that's the size of like a big hamburger <laughs> patty and like putting it on a bun and just like, ah. Yeah, have, I, you, I, have you guys seen the Mr. Bean episode where he eats the bad oyster? Oh dear. No. no. Okay. I'll spare you the details. That can't go well. But anyone who's seen that episode knows exactly what I'm talking mm-hmm. about. All right. So we have our, uh, we have Michael's special steak. We have my fried, uh, fried clams. Well, I'm going to stay on your, on your seafood theme. Okay. Because <laughs> there's no way Trevor's going to follow up that. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor hates seafood. I mm-hmm. love seafood. Uh, no, I am. And I think a lot of people will sympathize with this. Uh, the perfect or at least decent fish and chips. Oh, fish and chips are so badly abused. Yeah. Yeah. I've had every time I like, Oh, they have fish and chips on the menu. I'll order that. (laughs) No, it is a mistake. I have been burned so many times. Is it both or is it the fish or is it the chips? I will say the last time I had fish and chips about a week ago, the, (laughs) so we returned, this was in Monterey, Mm -hmm. which you'd think would be pretty good for fish and chips. I, I went to, we, we were at this hotel and the hotel restaurant was pretty good. Um, but a year ago, their fish and chips was monstrous. Oh, was like so the fish, weird. like the, the fried fish really should have been called fish dumplings. Like that's how it bad was so it was. In terms oh. of fish. Like the opposite oh. of fish and chips is fish dumplings. Right. It was just oh. so soggy and bready oh. and awful. Yeah. Okay. yeah. But no. they had it, they remodeled, they had a new chef. I'm like, and fish and chips is on the menu as a special. I'm like, all right, I'm dumb. I'll try again. <laughs> Oh no. And um it was better. It was better. Was it right? No, it wasn't right. But what? but 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 the fries, the chips, completely unconventional. Okay. Kennebec fries, Kennebec potatoes. Okay. That were exquisite. It was my idea of heaven for a french fry. Hmm. Would anybody else like it as a french fry? Probably not. Were they it, wedges? Like they were, the way that you would expect. They chips? were wedges, but here was the magic. They were like thicker than steak fries. Okay. Mm-hmm. Wow. But crispy. Yeah. Yeah. They're Magical. Part. Magical. They're probably poached. They yeah. were um, very sweet. Because of Kennebec. Yeah. yeah. Which was just a, unusual. Mm. Uh, they were, inc- I, I like, I devoured the trick, fries. I never devour fries. The tri- there's two tricks to getting crispy French fries. Uh, number one, you have to wash as much starch off mm-hmm. as you can. Yeah. And number two, uh, poach them, like par cook them, and then freeze them. And then fry them. Which has the effect of dehydrating them. Yes, yeah. exactly. Oh, well, because moisture is the enemy of Christmas. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. All right, okay, Trevor, go. So I I don't know. I'm torn because I thought of something else from kind of hearing other people's things. So I was, I was originally going to talk about mac and cheese and just like my quest. Like I feel like so many places just do mac and cheese bad. But mm. something that I have not been able to find out here that I think I've talked about before <laughs> is Could it be? the franchisee. <laughs> oh, franchisee? A franchisee is a thing. Call that a franchise out here. No, a franchisee. <laughs> it's a. It's like a super specific Chicago thing. And my mouth is water. <laughs> Someone get, get the bucket. A napkin. Get the bucket. <laughs> uh, and it's just like I have this thing about Chicago food. It's like okay, so imagine a food. And then imagining how that food could kill you. That's how you describe it. Like, yeah. it's a pizza. But if it could kill you, it would be a Chicago pizza. <laughs> so a, a franchisee is, the fran comes from Frankfurter. It's, a, it's okay. a big hot dog that's split down the middle and stuffed with cheese, wrapped in bacon. And usually they, they, you got to stick toothpicks in because you've split the mm-hmm. hot dog. Is it served in like a taco wrapped no, in a pizza? No, and then, or? no, it, we're not done yet. <laughs> of course not. Chicago. <laughs> it's wrapped in bacon and then deep fried. <sighs> oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> and it is this, it is crispy. It is salty. And then like it's Chicago, so it's like a good hot dog. It's cheesy. It's bacony. And mm. I'm thinking of this place where I would, the first time I had it and like the, 
the peak perfection of it, Boris Cafe in Winnetka, Illinois. Okay. There's this little Greek diner, and <laughs> it was like just so good. And also, like they had really good fries too. If you're to be, one, to be clear, crispy. is it breaded or is it just no? It's bacon. just like they okay. It's bacon, and they just. Because like that's how you cook that much. I don't know. know. I don't. Hot I think dog it, and the bacon and the cheese. I think you're missing out if you don't bread your bacon when you deep fry. Is it, it. like the uh, <laughs> like in L.A. we have uh, bacon wrapped hot dogs grilled on the streets all over yeah. the place? It's I mean kind of like that, but that's grilled. And this is there's something deep about fried. deep frying. Well, the, the, it. The, okay. I think the deep frying the, the the trick. This is why you put butter or oil in a pan when you're trying to to grill or sear something is that it creates an even coverage. So instead of yeah. a surface where you all the yeah. little wrinkles and cracks in the bacon might not get actual contact with the heat, in deep frying, everything is contacting heat constantly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, putting bacon around a cylinder and then putting it on a flat surface to cook it is not a great idea. And it's a, mm. it's you know a bigger hot like it's a like mm-hmm. a Frankfurt. It's it's a bigger hot dog, and is then it, it kind of like the you you know it's toothpicked too to kind of prevent the seepage. hot dog from curling too much, yeah. but that like. The ends of it are kind of curled out a little. <laughs> it's it's a thing of beauty. I would um, try it. I would absolutely try it. All right. Well, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna jump in here and say uh, to 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 our non Patreon listeners, I'm very sorry. We didn't have time to keep both of our treats that we have sought after all of our lives. If you want to hear the second half of our answers, check it out on Patreon. We'll have it in the cutting room floor. Um, we've been going very long on this episode, so <laughs> yeah. we got to start wrapping it up here. <laughs> Um, Trevor, if they want to, if they want to sign up for Patreon or figure out how to do that, uh, where can they, where can they find the information? Well, we're on Instagram and Twitter as at Big Fat Gay Pod. Check out our link tree there, and you can go to the Patreon. <gasps> we have a link tree now. Yeah, how fancy. We're on Facebook as the Big Fat Gay Podcast. I don't know if we have any links there, <laughs> but we're on. Or just go to Patreon, www.patreon.com/slash/BigFatGayPod. Sign up. Yeah. Uh, see the articles we talked about. And a link to her Patreon at <laughs> www.bigpetgaypod.com. <sighs> Maybe you're uh, you're relaxing. You enjoyed the episode. It felt like there was a lot of advertising at the end, <laughs> <laughs> and you're just like, "Huh, that just kind of went to a weird place." Yeah, um, left a bad taste you, in your mouth. You turn around, and Michael's there, and he's, nah. trying, he's trying to get you to sign up for Patreon. So watch out. But also sign up for Patreon. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to go water the link tree now.